Best on the Board is brought to you by GameTime, your new go-to app for the best deals on last-minute tickets. Ticket prices drop right before the game starts, and because GameTime tracks prices in real time from thousands of trusted sellers, they're able to show you the best last-minute deals with prices up to 60% off. GameTime's been my go-to for the past couple years. If you're looking, maybe you're in Philadelphia this weekend, and you're looking at the Battle of the Birds, I've had a lot of success just waiting it out closer to kickoff, seeing the prices drop. I love the panoramic view. You can see exactly what you're getting yourself into, the view of every seat in the stadium. Easy to tap check out. It's not just sports tickets, music, or theater tickets as well. But I'm telling you, if you're looking for tickets at the link this week in the Battle of the Birds, Seahawks, and Eagles, a tryout game time. The app is simple, quick, and easy to navigate. Download Game Time app in the Google Play or App Store and score last minute deals on tickets up to 60% off. of the NFL and welcome to Best on the Board. I'm your host Chris Meany of The Athletic joined by Michael Beller of The Athletic. Give us a follow on Twitter at mbeller, at Chris Meany. We appreciate you guys hanging out. This is the free verse, whether it's iTunes, Spotify, wherever it is that you listen to podcasts. Thanks so much for hanging out. Beller, what's going on, man? It was a, another good week for you. Uh, and I was able to pull my weight a little bit between us, ten and four. Yeah, not, not bad. Not bad at all. Yeah, I'm feeling good, man. I'm stacking five and two weeks. This is uh, this Ooh. is a, a really nice feeling. Hopefully, I can uh, can hit it again here. And uh, I think we've got a really really fun slate of games: gambling, fantasy, whatever it might be. Just as a football fan, I think week twelve is uh, is really showing out very well. Yeah, there's some interesting games last week. There was somebody who actually went perfect in my pool. Oh, I wow. thought maybe when I had three wrong overall that I would have a chance at the money. I did not have a chance at the money. So uh, a shout-out to that dude who went perfect. Uh, a phenomenal week for him. Um, but, yeah, we had we had some picks that were very similar. We're on the right side of some of those. So we'll start with your picks. I mean, you had uh, Cleveland, Arizona, Casey. Depending on where you, know, where you got Arizona, there could have been a push the ridiculous. way that that game did finish. Yeah, ridiculous is right. It was- should have been nuts. ruled down like three different times. Both <laughs> right? he was touched down and like he was lying on the ball for a solid second and a half. Clearly the forward progress was stopped. Insane. If I actually lost something on that, I would have been furious. Yeah, I would have been ticked as well. I-, I was able to jump on that early in the week when we talked on Wednesday. The spread was a lot higher than when we got closer to kickoff and it was starting to come the other way in terms of points. But uh, nonetheless, Arizona, Casey, the Saints, and the Jets for you uh, – both of us on Oakland and then Jacksonville. I had Jacksonville overall as well. That was the third game that, that I got wrong. And I mean, listen, the Jags were never in that football game, Beller. No, no. I think we, we talked about this a few weeks ago. If you're going to lose a bet, if you're going to pick a game wrong, then let it be the way Jacksonville got uh, le- uh, that I picked Jacksonville wrong right. last week because uh, at least I didn't have to like grind it out in the fourth quarter. I can't believe that. I guess there was maybe a little bit more rust to the uh, passing game with Nick Foles making his return than I expected there to be. Uh, Colts were really able to dominate on the ground in that game. Uh, hey, hats off to the Colts. They've been uh, proving me wrong all season. They did it again in Week 11, although uh, I think I might be going back to the well on them in Week 12. Mm. Okay, so for me, I had the Saints as well, the Chiefs, Arizona. 
Uh, I was on Dallas. I sweated that one out a little bit. I, I thought Dallas was going to blow out Detroit. Detroit hung around in that football game, but got it done regardless. Uh, and then New England, the offense did not look good again, but they were able to squeak that one out in Philadelphia. Uh, as I mentioned, also on the Raiders, give some credit to the Bengals hanging around in that in, in that football game after the week before just getting shelled by the Ravens. So obviously still looking for their first win, but they haven't been a complete pushover all year. And then the Texans. My goodness, you were right to stay away. You talked about a, a lot of different variables, a lot of different ways the game could go, and it went one way, and the Ravens <laughs> just crushed them. Yeah, I, I, that, that one was really surprising to me. I thought it was at least going to be a good game. Um, obviously, it wasn't. Uh, <laughs> I guess it was if you're a Ravens fan uh, and you were, if you backed the Ravens uh, with some of your money. But uh, I was shocked at that one. I thought we were going to get a really competitive, fun back-and-forth game. We both thought it wasn't going to be very high-scoring, which you know ended up uh, being I, – I, we had the right line of thinking. I don't think uh, we, you know, we, we saw Baltimore getting uh, up to 41 points the way that they did. So I think we had the right line of thinking generally, especially with how slow that game started out. But, man. It's Ravens team, dude. I mean, when they are balanced on offense, I don't know if there's a better team in the league. It's And and who would have thought we would say that at this point of the season? I mean, after everything that had happened early on, it just didn't look like the defense. There were some question marks with some wide receivers in the offense. How, you know, we all like Lamar Lamar Jackson a, a lot, actually. You know, you can go to Embry Hunt, yourself, Jake Seeley. Uh, a lot of people at the Athletic really pumping Lamar Jackson's tires, but man, he definitely looks like the MVP right now. The Ravens defense—I mean, they play with a lot of swag, and they just—they look—they look legit. And I think that they're the team to beat in the AFC. AFC, no question, maybe overall in the NFL. Um, so overall. We're pleased. We, we oh, can't yeah. be bummed about 10-4. and four. It was a good week. If you're just joining us, like I said, welcome. Thank you so much for taking the time to hang out. We appreciate a follow on Twitter, a rate, review, subscribe. If you aren't a subscriber at The Athletic, head over to theathletic.com slash best on the board. We'll get you 40% off. You'll be able to hear all kinds of podcasts, 100-plus podcasts, a lot of teams represented. Dunks and Dimes with Brendan Funts and Eric Wong, uh, yourself and Emery Hunt with the advanced route. What were you guys getting into this week? Uh, I referenced uh, this being a very fun slate. It's largely because of three games, uh, Patriots, Cowboys, 49ers, Packers, and Ravens, Rams. And so we dove deep into all three of those games. And I loved Emery. Yeah, Emery can talk about that, and he's not – explicitly talking about fantasy football. He's just telling us the X's and O's, but you don't need to then be a rocket scientist to be able to draw a straight line from the X's and O's breakdown he's giving us to what the fantasy advice would be from that. That's what I love about talking to Emery every week. So we got really deep on those three games, those six teams. It's available for you right now, free or behind the athletic paywall, wherever you're listening to us. You can check that out. Yeah, and uh, myself, Brad Ziegler, and Jake Seeley uh, just finished recording Wednesday morning, the throwback. We just go through absolutely every single game, start, sit, sleepers, and I know you'll join Jake Seeley and Brendan Funson a little bit later on with the ranking show. So lots to like this week. Eric Young was away. Uh, he's he's away. He's just day-to-day. He'll be back on four-stack <laughs> lines, but we had Shana Goldman of The Athletic, who covers the New York Rangers, a very interesting squad there as well. So uh, check that show out if you're looking for some fantasy hockey, some fantasy football, some fantasy basketball. We got you covered over at the Athletics. So let's do it, man. Let's get into this week's games, and let's start with those Houston Texans. Obviously, we, we mentioned just not being in that game at all. And what I had said last week, they hadn't allowed a 100-yard a rusher in almost two years you know Baltimore was going to do that. But of all people, it was Gus Edwards. Gus Edwards was able to do it. Looking at the other side with the Colts, 
dealing with some injuries basically all year. Jacoby Brissett in and out of the lineup over the past couple weeks. Now Marlon Mack, the latest to go down. We still don't know about T.Y. Hilton. Not looking great. Mm-hmm. Houston opened up as six-point favorites and over-under at 46.5. It's now 45, and the Texans four-point favorites. They're going to have some kind of running back by committee here with Jonathan Williams, Naheem Hines, Jordan Wilkins. Tough spot to, to run up against Houston. I still like their run defense despite last week. Is this a bounce-back spot, in your opinion, for the Texans? I usually stay away from, from teams that – this division in particular, when they go up against each other, you really never know what to get. But four points with the Texans, I feel like they can get that done. Yeah, I feel like this is a bounce-back spot for the Texans. And, and plus, yeah, I've won three straight Thursday night games. I gotta, I gotta That's right. Least, i got to at least try it. I'd be a <laughs> fool to go away from the Thursday night games after uh, stacking three wins on top of one another. But I do think it's got uh, less to do with that and more to do with – I just fail to see how Houston or how Indianapolis keeps up in this game without Marlon Mack and T.Y. Hilton's not going to play. Uh, right. He's not practicing this week. Uh, when they when they called it when they called the calf strain, uh, you were basically right at this game, this Thursday game, being the typical recovery timetable for T.Y. Hilton. So the fact that we have that and he's still not practicing, I think suggests awfully strongly that he's not going to be uh, able to suit up, what, about 30 hours from uh, from the moment that you and I are sitting down to record this show. So I just don't see how they keep up, right? I, I mean, you know, Baltimore was able to throw up 41 points on uh, on Houston's defense. That's because they've got Lamar Jackson, the MVP frontrunner right now. Uh, Mark Ingram, Gus Edwards both had very effective games. Mark Andrews back to his usual self. I just don't see how Indianapolis keeps up one bit with Houston. I think Indianapolis is going to need to uh, win this game with their defense, and it's been a winning formula for them, right? They've sort of been Minnesota light. They've been able to ride the defense, ride Marlon Mack, and win a lot of football games, scoring somewhere between 16 and 23 points. I just don't know if that's going to be the case for them. I think they're going to need to uh, maybe get to uh, 27 points or so in this game to get a win. I just don't see how they do it without their two best offensive players. Uh, You've got no vertical element in this offense without T.Y. Hilton. Now you lose your big hammer in Marlon Mack. Jonathan Williams look great last week absolutely can't take that away from him Houston's defense a little bit different than Jacksonville's defense and by time Jonathan Williams was looking great Indy was already nursing a big lead they're going to need him to do that from the get-go this week I don't think it's going to happen Houston at home bounce back to Sean Watson these guys get back on track this week yeah, I don't know where – I agree. I just don't know where the offense is going to come from. Even just look at last week, game script was certainly in Indy's favor in terms of using all their running backs and, and having success on the ground. But Zach Pascal, I mean, he's got four grabs for you know fewer than 40 yards in his last two games. I mean, Doyle just puts up the, the zero. He's not involved at all last week. Chester Rogers not involved. Uh, we already mentioned T.Y. Hilton not going to play. So it, it's going to be tough for, for Indy. But, man, if they pull this off again, it's another tick on Frank Reich's you know coaching box oh, yeah. because this guy has just – what he's had to work with so far this season, what he's been able to do, you know, especially just Andrew Luck just gone like that and, you know, bringing in Jacoby Brissett and, and he's looked so capable this year. I have a lot of respect for Frank Reich, but I think this definitely is a bounce back spot. So we're, we're both on the Texans. We'll give our, our favorite seven at the very end, but uh, spoiler right now, I mean, we're on them. We, we like them in our <laughs> yes. seven, so they're going to be hey, our consensus picks look good end. last week. You yeah, know? they did. And, you know, I, tr- I try to come on here and be a little bit different. I, I, I do my own picks before I come on, but w- there are some similarities that we have. We'll try to be a little bit different throughout the show, but we still are going to break down every single game. And we'll move to, over to Sunday, and all of a sudden we have the Cleveland Browns. I mean, double-digit point favorites. Okay, here we go. <laughs> the Browns open up 12.5. They're now 10.5, so we have some money at least coming in on Miami right now. But 
this is the this is the point of the schedule where we were really waiting for in terms of fantasy in Odell Beckham Jr. and Baker Mayfield. Jarvis Landry has 40 targets over the last four games. He's finding the end zone. Baker now back-to-back games with at least two passing touchdowns. He hadn't done that all season. So week 10 against the Bills, he throws two. Last week against Pittsburgh, he throws two, runs one in. He's starting to get a little bit more confident. Whether that has something to do with Kareem Hunt just coming back in this offense and looking well, it's very possible. I want to back the Browns here. They're not going to be in my seven because 10.5 is slightly high, but I do feel pretty confident that they're feeling confident. They're still playing for their playoff lives, and I think they'll take advantage against a very weak Dolphins squad. Relatively easy stay away for me for pretty much all the reasons that you said. Um, yeah, I, 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 part of me, a big part of me wants to back the Browns um, because of all that talent. I mean, the thing with Miami is, right, I mean, Miami is not Cincinnati. Miami is a team that you watch them, and they play with a lot of pride. They play hard. They do have some talent on offense. They show up every single game. They're just bad, right? I mean, there are going to be a handful of teams every single year that are just plain bad, and that is the Miami Dolphins this season. But they're certainly not rolling over for anyone. They've been able to chalk up a couple of wins in recent weeks. Uh, So what scares me away from this one is this is a lot of points for Cleveland to be laying without Miles Garrett against a team that does have some legitimate players on their offense, a a quarterback who is generally league average, I would say. I mean, I'll take Ryan Fitzpatrick over Mitch Trubisky any day of the week, that's for sure. So I just think it's a lot of points for Cleveland to have to cover if they're not going to completely shut down Miami's offense, and I don't think they're going to do that. The reason why I don't like Miami on the flip side is because at defense, is like I said, it's just a bad team. It's a bad defense, and now we're asking them to be able to slow down Baker Mayfield, Odell Beckham, Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, Jarvis Landry, uh, and not only all those those guys individually, but a group that seems to be rounding into some bit of form, right? I mean, Cleveland, we might have been, uh, those of us who back Cleveland coming into the year might have been a year ahead of schedule because, yeah, I still think this team is going to go into 2020 as a very, very dangerous squad. So it didn't all come together for them in 2019, but I wouldn't be surprised to see them as a 2020 playoff team. Uh, but uh, all the reasons that uh, that we've put together here, it's a pretty easy game for me to stay away from. Yeah, when everybody's off of them, they'll show up, right? Yeah, That's usually absolutely. How things That's how it works. Uh, I, I tend to throw teasers. Uh, I had a successful one last last week with Arizona and teasing down Oakland and, and KC just not losing by a field goal. This is one of them that I'll probably have in there. Ten and a half seems a little high. Yeah, I feel like Cleveland's going to win the football game. Probably win it by a touchdown at least. Like if I, I kind of feel like it's a thirty to twenty game maybe, um, but I'll be honest. Like when I pick my in my pool, I will be taking Cleveland ten and a half, but it's not. It's not going to be in my seven, but I, I again, I do feel pretty confident in teasing them down to win by a touchdown. You're going to change points. your tune on that in 48 hours. They're going to be in there. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> uh, I, I, I tend to just chuck in Cleveland randomly. <laughs> uh, okay, uh, Bills and Broncos. Uh, I, again, the Bills, we've said this so many times about Buffalo, and any time that they're favored by more than three points, we tend to lean the other way. But these two teams, very similar. I mean, Denver just seems to take off absolutely every single fourth quarter. They hang around in, in a lot of football games, and then the fourth comes, and then they just seem to fall apart. They blew a 20, was it a 20 point lead at half? Yep. They blew in Minnesota last week. So the Bills check in as four. Four-point favorites, a team implied total 20.5. The Broncos, 16.5. Very similar teams, I feel like, Beller. Like, mediocre offenses, 
decent defenses. Where are the points going to come? Josh Allen has been really good so far this season. John Brown, one of two wide receivers with at least four grabs and 50 yards in every single game. The other one, Michael Thomas. But now he's got to go up against Chris Harris. Like this is, That's a tough matchup for him. So are you leaning Bills? Is four too strong? Is this a stay away? What's your thoughts on this game? Yeah, I'm actually leaning Broncos, uh, and I'm going to put them in my seven here on Wednesday. I, I just feel like it's uh, uh, a very similar uh, teams, and uh, you know, but, uh, Denver can have the antidote to what Buffalo does because they do it uh, similarly. They just don't; uh, they're not quite as good, they're not quite as talented, and they don't have a quarterback like Josh Allen who can make so many plays happen, uh, even though there's not a bevy of talent around him. But Brandon Allen has looked pretty competent, right? And he's in his first two starts for Denver. I mean, they, they hit some big plays. They hit some sort of miracle plays in that first half against uh, Minnesota. The uh, the Cortland Sutton and Tim Patrick big catches down the field uh, jump out yes. where it looks like they almost caught him blind. But uh, you know, Brandon Allen has at least steered this ship well enough to be able to take advantage of guys like Cortland Sutton and Philip Lindsay and Royce Freeman. You get Tim Patrick back in the fold last week, a guy who we probably would have been excited about back in draft season had he not been coming into the year injured. Uh, now we're seeing Noah Fant ever since the Emmanuel Sanders trade get a much larger role in the offense. He's got 15 targets the last two games. So I do think there's a little bit more juice to this Denver offense uh, than we would have thought four or five weeks ago. Uh, and again, it's the similarity of these two teams. We talk about football being a matchup game. Uh, there are plenty of teams better than Denver who I would have more confidence in Buffalo beating by more than four, if that makes sense, because of what the matchup is. I would have more confidence in in, in Buffalo being able to handle a team that was going to uh, try to win with offense more than a team like Denver, if, uh, just because of what they bring to the table every single week. I think this is a, a uniquely bad matchup for Buffalo, which is why I like Denver to stay within four. This is a, a field goal game for me, field goal written all over it, even if it is a game where you know Buffalo is leading the entire time. It just does feel like a game that one of these sides wins by a field goal because of the similarity, because of the way that they're both going to want to uh, play the same way and uh, be a fast game, at least in terms of uh, like literal length of time. It's not going to be a fast pace up and down the field game, but I think it's going to be a very short game because of the way that these two teams play uh, and just the fewer possessions, the fewer plays leads there to be a constriction of uh, of points and a constriction of a window that a game is played in. So getting four points, I do like Denver in this one. Yeah, I mean, the number's dead on in terms of total. I do feel like it's a 2017 game, which would would get right there at the, the 37. And, I mean, Cortland Sutton has at least 72 yards or a touchdown in every game but one so far this season. He's been really, really good with some poor quarterback play. And you're right about Allen, too, and Fant, 25% of the target share in his two starts. These guys uh, both very startable in your fantasy rosters. And, and even last week with Tredavious White on Devontae Parker, Parker was able to have a, a decent game. So I wouldn't be scared of the Cortland Sutton matchup. They're getting him involved, like you said. I mean, in the past, whether it's an end around, he seems to come away with at least four or five grabs and eight or nine targets in absolutely every single game. But I do feel like it will be low scoring. And I will side with you, Broncos not going to be in my seven, but at four, this would have to come down to three for me to to get involved with Buffalo. I do feel like that they win the football game, but um, they never really blow at any teams besides Miami last week, but it is Miami after (laughs) all. Uh, This one's interesting to me. Um, The Steelers and the Bengals, we got two division rivals. We have Pittsburgh just completely banged up right now, Beller. Uh, we don't know about James Conner. looks like Juju Smith-Schuster is not going to play. Deontay Johnson dealing with a concussion as well, just like Smith-Schuster. And I know that you could throw and run and get Everything. after 
<laughs> yeah, get after Ryan Finley in Cincinnati. But this Pittsburgh team, with even with those guys like Juju and Connor playing from time to time over the past couple weeks, they're still bottom five in basically every single offensive category. Their defense will probably do enough to win the game. Pittsburgh opened up as seven-point favorites. I'd like that. It's come down slightly to six and a half, the, the over-under from 40 to 39. I, I feel like this is a very, very low-scoring game. And I know Andy Dalton's not playing, but I think if Andy Dalton was playing in this football game, they they may win. Yeah, I actually do feel like that, but he's not. <laughs> but at the same time, they If Chad Johnson and TJ Hushmanzada were playing in this game and it was 2003, the Bengals sure. would be, and Carson Palmer were back, the Bengals sure. would be I just favored by put, six and a half. Sure, I just wanted to put that out there, that this is a Bengals team that hasn't won, but it is a, a whole lot better with Andy Dalton there. I, mean, it's, I just wanted to put that out there. All I right. know he's not playing, but at the same time, I do feel like this is going to be a tight game, and and right now I'm I'm leaning Bengals, and I know mm-hmm. it's crazy because they haven't won a football game yet, and the offense has been good. But what I saw last week against Oakland is a team that didn't roll over and die. Like they're getting some guys back, at least defensively. They've turned the page a little bit in terms of their offense. Joe Mixon has 45 carries in his last two games. He's getting involved through the air. I, Finley has not looked good. Tyler Boyd was completely just he popped off after the game. He was ticked off. He said th- he thought he was open in some plays that he wasn't getting the ball. Um, he's probably going to have a, a tough sledding against Pittsburgh secondary. I get that. But I just feel like everything that's happening in Pittsburgh right now with their offense, I'm just not confident that they're going to win by a touchdown. So right now, as of Wednesday, I actually am looking in this Cincinnati Bengals team, this 0-16 team, or, oh, potential 0-16 potential. team. Um, yeah, very high potential 0-16 team. Uh, just to keep things close here in a division rival game that they lose by less than seven points. Do you feel me, or am I completely nuts? You know, I think we've we've discovered what's going on here, meaning you are a closet uh, booster of the entire state of Ohio. Right, it's Cleveland or Cincinnati. I tend to get on these garbage teams <laughs> to not get blown out. I, I tend to do that. And last week, if you did it with the, with Oakland and, and Minnesota, I mean, you're yeah. all right. But I, it's 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 just the Steelers' offense. I'm just not sold on them. I just don't, I don't like what I see from them. Yeah, you're totally right there. Uh, you're totally right to feel that way about Pittsburgh. Uh, but because of everything and all the deficiencies we've seen with Cincinnati, I just scooted right past this game. This is um, yeah. quite possibly the easiest stay away game of the season for me. Uh, just nope, nope, nothing. And, you know, uh, uh, if I've got some fantasy implications in it, I'll uh, maybe I'll keep uh, ha- half an eye on it. But uh, <laughs> otherwise, I uh, who are you going to start? Like Joe Mixon, and that's it. Yeah, really, right. I mean, Tra- James Washington Tra- Edmonds, potentially. Trey Edmonds, if you're uh, if you're I mean, right? It's a big it's a big bye week uh, with yeah. uh, with uh, Cardinals, Vikings, Chargers, Chiefs all taking a seat. Maybe you uh, sure. maybe you've got Dalvin Cook and Melvin Gordon, and uh, you're you're really looking for some help. Maybe uh, Trey Edmonds could. Uh, could be your guy, but uh, I mean, just no thanks. I, I want nothing to do with this game. Uh, I right, scoot we'll right past him. I think we can scoot on to the next one also. Yeah, uh, let's scoot on to your Bears. Um, opened up as seven point favorites against the Giants. It's now six over under 41 and 40 and a half. Uh, I'll let you take this away. Six does seem like a lot from a Chicago team has shown us nothing offensively in, in a long time. Exactly. That's why I like the Giants. That's why I'm putting the Giants in my seven. Why should this team be favored by six points against anyone? Uh, you know, to, to to win a game by six, you have to be able to score seven. <laughs> that math checks out. And uh, whether it's Trubisky or Chase Daniel, I just don't know why anyone would have any sort of confidence in this offense. I will say where this game could go wrong for a Giants backer is that as bad as things have been uh, for the Bears' uh, entire team this season, still a very good pass defense. It's been a very effective pass defense, and we've seen that against a lot of teams this year. Um, you know, we, we can – 
obviously teams are way different now than they were way early in the season, but they shut down Green Bay in week one. They shut down Minnesota when they beat them earlier this season. Uh, Just last week, they totally handled uh, the Rams. So this is a team that has been able to shut down a lot of passing games. I just think that uh, first of all, obviously, they can still shut down the passing game and not win by six. They can shut down the Giants' passing game and not win this game by, by, by more than six points. That's number one. And number two, the run defense has been a whole lot different without Akeem Hicks, especially if you don't have an offense that can keep the defense off of the field. And that's been a huge problem for the Bears this season as well. Obviously, no one's going to be afraid of the Giants' defense, but you put that all together, uh, you, I think we see the Giants lean very heavily on Saquon Barkley and that they at least keep it within a touchdown here. So, again, uh, Again, it really does come back to, I can you know say all those uh, you know semi-fancy uh, analytical things that I want, but I just don't see why the Bears' offense as constructed should be trusted to beat any team by a touchdown. Would you feel better about Chicago with Chase Daniel, though? No, I, I wouldn't. I think Allen Robinson has to. Uh, yeah, I guess he would. And, <laughs> Slightly. But I still, I still wouldn't feel better with Daniel. I mean, I would feel if... If the Bears were were six and four and were like still realistically trying to make the playoffs, and yeah. you just needed someone to uh, be a uh, steady head of state and uh, and steer this ship in a direction where they could take care of a bad Giants team, then sure, I'd feel better about Chase Daniel. That's the crazy thing. I mean, Trubisky's been so bad this year, but I mean, there's no argument about who should be starting for this team, assuming Trubisky's healthy. I mean, the Bears are four and six; they're not going anywhere. You're really going to start the 33 year old veteran uh, career backup over the guy who you just spent a number two pick on a couple of years ago and who your future uh, is inextricably tied to? Like, of course, you're starting Trubisky. There's no question about who you're starter is if Trubisky's healthy he's bad they made the wrong choice but he still has to be the guy you're starting yeah and the Giants could get some guys back too Sterling Shepard practiced in full on Wednesday I uh, don't know if he's going to be on a pitch count he could easily suffer a setback he's missed some time he hasn't played since week five dealing with a concussion and it looks like Evan Ingram possibly it, it, it is possible he did remain sideline on practice on Wednesday but he is trending up I mean there a couple weeks ago they thought maybe he was going to be done for the season so I mean that's good news Giants get some guys on on offense back this is another one I'll tease like to 10 give me plus 10 Giants and the lock it in because the Bears are not blowing anybody out but you're right if there is a scenario I, I guess painting the scenario in my head where they do win by double digits it's because the defense shows up and the mm-hmm. defense has been good and at the same time pick six a, something yeah, like that Daniel you need Jones, that yeah yeah you would need uh, a pick six a couple uh you know picks or fumbles from Daniel Jones which right. is which is, is possible although but the, it's the, very possible the Bears offense still isn't giving you more than like 10 Right, and a shout-out to Daniel Jones. He's been decent lately. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's got nine passing touchdowns in his last three games to, to one pick and at least 300 yards in two of those three, so he has been pretty solid. Let's move over to the Raiders and the Jets, a team that has been uh, solid as well. Raiders, uh, I don't know, Beller, if they would have won last week if uh, Andy Dalton was playing, but um, <laughs> just kidding. Uh, Three-and-a-half Oakland. It's now two-and-a-half Oakland, 46 the over-under, 46-and-a-half is uh, the current over-under right now. 24.5 team implied total for the Raiders, 22 for the Jets. This Jets team, they've been really, really strong against the run so far this season. Um, The best so far right now. I mean, they're only allowing 79 rushing yards per game. We know that Oakland has an identity and offense that we really like, um, you know, between a lot of their weapons and 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 um, Hunter Renfro is another guy who's starting to to trend up, getting a few more targets than Tyrell Williams, getting a few more grabs. Really reliable, Derek Carr. I noticed he's been going to him on third downs, going to him on final drives to to seal wins. And we know about Darren Waller and Josh Jacobs been pretty solid. I want to lean with the Raiders here, but I kind of feel like this is some sort of weird trap. The Oakland should beat the Jets. 
I'm just not confident. I'm just not confident right now. I will pick the Raiders, but they're not going to be in my seven. Yeah, this is one I could see actually putting into my seven. I don't have it there right now. Actually, when I made my first pass, I did have it as part of my seven, and it was not my Oakland Raiders who I was backing. It was the New York Jets. These are actually two of the teams that I've backed uh, most frequently yeah, this season, been. right? Probably right behind Arizona and New Orleans. Uh, these are the next two that uh, that come in for me. Um, you know, I'm a little bit worried about Oakland actually going into this game. I really think that we talk about Oakland having an offensive identity that we think we can trust, and I think they do for the most part. But sort of the Jets against a uh, against a teams that we know that they can throw on. We've seen it from them the last two games, um, where, where they've put up 34 points in both of their last two outings, and Sam Darnold is uh, you know thrown all over the place. Four touchdowns last week. Well, Oakland, you know, this is not a pass defense that is going to scare anyone. So I think no. that the Jets uh, can get going through the air again, and that's what concerns me about them. Obviously, I've been beating this playoff drum for a couple of weeks here, and um, yeah, I've been saying they're going to beat. You know, last week I was saying they'll beat Cincinnati, they'll beat the Jets, they'll be seven and four, and then we'll go from there. You know, now I'm not so sure. I'm not so sure. I'm a little spooked by what I saw uh, against Cincinnati uh, last week. Uh, the the offensive identity that uh, that we felt very good about really didn't show up. Um, teams have been able to adjust to Darren Waller. We haven't seen a big Darren Waller game in about a month now. Um, and as much as we do like their guys, you take Darren Waller out of the picture, and the offense becomes a whole lot different. If teams can, can like that, that's the problem with the Raiders is that if you can contain just one guy, then yeah. the offense looks a whole lot different. If you can contain Waller, if you can contain Josh Jacobs, then it looks a lot different. And if because it, I think the Jets are going to be able to contain Josh Jacobs, right? I think they week. are too. And if and if you're forcing them to go death by a thousand cuts with Hunter Renfro, if Hunter Renfro is going to have to you know beat Julian Edelman on steroids to uh, to get the Raiders uh, their points, then you know, I think I think most teams are going to be willing to to uh, to take that, willing to make Hunter Renfro go. 12 for 120 and two touchdowns if that's what it's going to take for the Raiders to beat you so it does concern me a little bit uh, in this game Um, when you and I reconvene this uh, for our subscribers only show on Friday wouldn't be surprised to see me have the Jets in there I'm going to stay away from from now I'm going to see how the money comes in on both sides but um, in my pool where I do pick every single game I'm going to be backing the Jets I, uh, I really like their passing game in this one I wouldn't be surprised if I actually pick them to win outright yeah, the the reason I do lean Oakland, and I'm with you, it's a bit of a coin flip right now, is just the the pressure that the Raiders have been able to dial up just lately. Uh, five sacks in their last game against Cincy, five sacks the week before that against the Chargers, and then rounded out 12 total sacks in their last three games. Week 9, they played the Lions. So those are all three very weak offensive lines. And the same thing can be said here about the Jets. I mean, Football Outsiders has them the 29th in terms of offensive line and second overall in rush DVOA defense against the run. So they will have success against Jacobs. I do really believe that. Uh, but I think even though that you can pass on Oakland, I, I feel like Sam Darnold may just with some of the pressure that they can dial up may, you know, get into some fits. And maybe that's the reason Oakland does win this football game. But it is it, it is a complete stay away for me um, right now. This one I feel a little bit better about. And, and I know you do as well is is the Saints. Our we boys, saw that bounce back the unofficial yeah. mascot of best on the board. That's right. Yeah, we've been back in this team for sure. I mean, we talked about him when Teddy Bridgewater, you wanted to get involved on on Futures because they, they certainly passed the test when, when Drew Brees was sidelined. They were able to win football games, and, and they bounced back last week um, pretty easily, really, uh, against Tampa Bay. Seven-point favorites is, is how they opened up. Now nine and a half, and I think because a lot of what we've seen from Kyle Allen and, and this Panthers team over the past couple of weeks, right? I mean, it looked like when Kyle Allen came on, I mean, he won four straight games. Out of the bye, they lost to San Fran. Okay, it was San Fran. Like, they got blown out in that game, but San Fran, it 
at that point, we were giving them a ton of respect. And then they lose um, to the Packers. They lose to the Falcons last week. And then all of a sudden, Kyle Allen in his last four games, he's got three touchdowns to nine interceptions. He has not looked good. And I can't back him going into New Orleans and, and, and winning this football game. So not only am I going to comfortably lock in the Saints, I'm going to lock him in by nine and a half. And I may even get overcued. And I say they win this game by a couple touchdowns. Yep, I am 100% with you. Um, I, it's a, I'm a broken record. I know on the Saints, uh, they're the much, 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 much better team in this game. I have no problem, no compunction about backing them to win this game by double digits. And meaning you say uh, their their last four, or uh, Carolina's last four games, uh, what Kyle Allen's numbers have been, the three touchdowns, the nine interceptions. Well, uh, I mean, look at those defenses, right? I mean, you listed them. You said San Francisco. You said Green Bay. Atlanta's defense has looked excellent the last two weeks. They've got uh, 11 sacks, and that first game before Carolina was against these very New Orleans Saints in New Orleans, four interceptions. There's probably um, no uh, coincidence that it's at the same time that Dan Quinn gave up play-calling duties. I mean, that's a substantive change that I think we have to take seriously. Um, and then Tennessee, which, uh, you know, not a, not necessarily a great defense, but certainly uh, not a bad one either. So you're talking about games that, um, you know, Kyle Allen has had to step up in weight class and hasn't been able to meet uh, those challenges. And this is just another one. New Orleans is going to be able, I think, to absolutely dominate this game. Christian McCaffrey will get his. You're not worried about that from a fantasy perspective. But that's, I think, the only person who's going to get his on Carolina's side of this. I think this is another comfortable Easy win for New Orleans, and uh, then they'll have their eye big time on that Green Bay-San Francisco Sunday night game because uh, could have all three of those teams sitting at 9-2 and two if Green Bay is able to pull off the win in that one. Yeah, that'll be interesting. Uh, something to keep an eye on for sure. Um, yeah, speaking of those Falcons, you're right. I, giving up the play calling, the, the defensive play calling, Dan Quinn's supposed to be a defensive guy. I mean, that was the change that they made in their bye week, and wow, have they ever been um, a different team. They've looked like such a different squad. I mean, they came into that game week 10 against the Saints with seven sacks, and they had six in that game. And they followed up by having five last week, as you alluded to, 11 sacks over the last two games, four picks, and not only just scoring points. We know that the you know Matt Ryan and Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley, we're not surprised to see them score 20 to 30 points here and there, but they blew out the Saints and the Panthers over the last two weeks. They've only allowed 12 points over those two games. Now they open up um, as... They opened up actually as two-and-a-half-point favorites. People are backing them. They're four-and-a-half favorites now. That total has dropped from 54-and-a-half to 51-and-a-half. Jameis Winston, another rough game last week. Not all on him. Some balls were tipped. O.J. Howard's trying to catch balls behind his back. He gets benched, and the offensive line not good. Um, Winston dinged up near the end. But every time I feel like I want to back the Falcons and I feel like I'm into them, they let me down. So I'm – I'm staying away. I am absolutely not touching this game. If I touch it, it's going to be the over. I'm going to slam that. Uh, but this Falcons defense has certainly turned things around. I just I just can't back Atlanta. And when it comes to the Bucks, I just don't know what I'm going to get with that offense. So I'm staying away, Beller. How do you feel? We've spent uh, somewhere in the neighborhood of, what, maybe 30, 40 seconds in our last uh, minute and change of this show talking about this Falcons defense and things look like they've changed over the last couple of games and that there's been a substantive uh, difference or was a substantive change behind the numbers uh, with Dan Quinn giving up the play calling duties and yada, yada, yada. We love the Falcons. We love the Falcons. We love the Falcons. And with that being said, I am backing the Buccaneers and I really like the Buccaneers actually in this one, getting the four and a half. It's just too many points. It's too many points for a, what's been a very effective offense. It's crazy how good 
Tampa Bay has been from a, just a purely statistical standpoint, from being able to put up points with the number of turnovers that Jameis Winston throws out there every single game. I mean, it just doesn't matter, Meany, right? I mean, a couple weeks ago against Arizona, they put up 30, they put up 34 against Seattle the week before that, 23 against Tennessee, then, the week you go, then they have their bye, 26 against Carolina, 24 against New Orleans, 55 against the Rams, 31 against the Giants. I mean, they score. This team puts points on the board even with Jameis Winston turning it over like 2.3 times per game, and I don't think that's going to change this week against Atlanta. Atlanta. I really, really don't think that there's going to be much difference there. And we talk about, you know, unique matchups and how like no one is going to confuse New Orleans for Tampa Bay, right? But New Orleans, I mean, that game that they played against uh, Atlanta, it was Alvin Kamara's first game back from the ankle injury. And once you get past Alvin Kamara and Michael Thomas, there's not a whole lot in that New Orleans offense that scares you. It's just that Kamara is so good. Thomas is so good. Drew Brees is so good. And they've got a great offensive line that most teams, they're going to be able to dominate in that fashion. But if you can take away one of those elements from New Orleans, then it's a much different team, especially if one of those elements comes into the game not at 100%, as I think we have to believe Alvin Kamara was. So I don't necessarily give them full credit for what they did against Atlanta. Tampa Bay, obviously nowhere near the fully rounded team that New Orleans is, but there are a lot of different offensive parts that you have to take away to slow them down, especially when you've got a couple of guys in Mike Evans and Chris Godwin who can challenge you vertically. Michael Thomas is un. Believable, but Michael Thomas is not going to be a guy who just burns you 70 yards down the field. Chris Godwin and Mike Evans can both be that sort of guy, especially Chris Godwin. So I just think that there's a much, it's a much different challenge, even though New Orleans is a far superior team. And I'm not sure Atlanta is going to be able to live up to that challenge, especially to the tune of covering by four and a half. So I like Tampa Bay to keep this one uh, at least within that four and a half point number. I wouldn't be surprised if I picked Tampa Bay to win this game outright. Oh, I could see it. I could definitely see them winning the football game. I would not be surprised. 77% of the public on the Falcons is the fourth highest mark. Seattle at three, Baltimore at two, and number one, the Detroit Lions, who opened up at two-point favorites against Washington. They're now three and a half. Some spots as high as four and a half, depending on where you look. We'll usually take a look at, at Westgate here. So three and a half, Lions. Jeff Driscoll's looked pretty good, man. He really has. He's been sneaky. Uh, there's If you're into rushing props, last week was 12 and a half. It was one that I, that I certainly hammered. Um, he, he's not afraid to, to move around. He's got some weapons. Marvin Jones seems to be his guy, especially in the red zone. But Kenny Galladay is still hanging around. But we've just seen nothing at all from the this Washington team for for weeks, right? I mean, I, I wish that I I came in here and sided with you on the Jets, just you know hammering Washington. There's really nothing to like at all from Dwayne Haskins, and you got to feel like Terry McLaurin's got to see going to see a lot of Darius Slay. Um, where's their offense going to come from? I, I feel pretty confident with Detroit here and the fact that they will they were able to hang around with the Dallas team and and kind of go shot for shot up and down the field and. Again, Driscoll's looked – he's looked pretty decent. So this is not going to be in my seven, but I could see myself being a coward and coming in here on Friday and bouncing the Bengals and, and putting the lines in there. But uh, I just don't know if Washington's even going to get to their 19-team implied total. I just don't know where those points are going to come from. They're going to continue to run the ball with Geis and AP. I mean, Small would hardly touch the ball, but he was on the field a ton going to stay away from Washington and I'm going to lock in Detroit and this one may be another one where I just tease just win the football game yeah Washington is one of those teams that you can't back right I mean we're no, done of course not. you can't you can't doesn't really matter what the line is what the opponent is you can't back Washington with any sort of confidence I will be interested to see 
what they do with Darius Geis uh, in this game. Uh, obviously, he gets last a few week, more touches. He's got to get a few more touches. And last week he was getting his feet wet, but you saw in that forty-five yard touchdown uh, reception on the screen pass. Like, I mean, you see what that guy's uh, what that guy's ceiling is. It's not hard to see. And I think we're going to be very excited about Darius Geis in twenty twenty fantasy leagues. Um, and I think you could maybe even be excited about him the rest of the season, as long as your expectations are reasonable and you're not expecting him to be, you know, a top five running back. But uh, I don't see how you back the Redskins. That is totally off the board. We're not even going to talk about that. But I, I just can't really get behind the Lions either on the road. I know Jeff Driscoll has looked uh, has looked fine. Uh, you know, he held his own against Chicago. He looked good against um, uh, against Dallas last week. That game was at home, of course. Uh, so it's just even with that, and even though I think that Jeff Driscoll can be a fine fantasy play this week, I just you know you look up and down at this team, and it's a bad defense. It's not one that's going to really slow anyone down. Dak Prescott had his way with uh, with them. Dwayne Haskins is not Dak Prescott, but it just. It goes to, I mean, you really got, if you're going to take a team, it really doesn't matter who it is, and it really doesn't matter uh, who the opponent is. You're going to take a team to win by four points on the road. You've got to be doing it based on more than, well, Washington's bad. It really does have to be more. It can't But how, how many points do you think that Detroit's going to score this week? I don't 20? know. 20? I mean, full to, disclosure, to I'm probably, I might be starting Bo Scarborough in a handful of fantasy leagues. Yeah, sure. I mean, you want to roll the dice with Matt Patricia's crazy offense, but I agree. It's just one guy on that team who can run between the tackles right now, and it is Bo. Uh, and we saw that last week, right? I mean, all those Ty Johnson's not that guy. J.D. McKissick's not that guy. Absolutely. I agree with you on Bo. I mean, you could roll him out there in fantasy leagues. But just looking at Washington, 17 points last week. Okay, nine before that, nine before that one, zero, 17, seven, three, mm-hmm. 15. I mean, they haven't scored more than 17 points since since week two when their offense looked okay, actually, in, in the first couple weeks of the season when they had some healthy guys in there and it was Case Keenum throwing footballs uh, against the Eagles and, and the Dallas Cowboys in those first two weeks. But um, that that's kind of where I side. I know four points in a, in a mediocre team in, in Detroit seems like on the road does seem like a lot, but I just it's more so that I just don't think Washington can get to 17. I mean, it's it feels like the right play, and it feels like the instinctual way to go. But uh, again, you don't have to bet every game, and discretion's a better part of valor. I mean, that's really where this comes in. It's just I don't have a ton of confidence in either side. Fair enough. Uh, the Eagles open up at three-point favorites against Seattle. 49 was the total. It's now 48, and that line has dropped down from, in terms of Philadelphia. Now they're only 1.5 favorites against Seattle. This was actually pretty easy for me. I know it's it's a stay away from you, and you give, you should, please, obviously, that's why you're here, share your reasons why it's a stay away after. But for me and this Philadelphia team, I just don't know where the offense is going to come from. Still talking to you guys on a Wednesday. That's why we want to do this show on Friday. Check back the elite status. I mean, again, theathletic.com slash best on the board. You'll be able to listen to that show and get 40% off a subscription. We'll have maybe more news, I'm sure, on Elshon Jeffrey and, and Jordan Howard and Lane Johnson, who I think is is the big reason here. I mean, this Eagles team, they were up 10 nothing against the Pats at home last week before Lane Johnson went out. I, they were rolling. They just had the 16-play, 95-yard drive that lasted almost 10 minutes. 95-yard drive. The Patriots hadn't given up a 95-yard drive in eight years. <laughs> that was a great, great drive by Philadelphia. Lane Johnson leaves, and all of a sudden... Wentz is pressured. Guys are not stepping up and catching balls. It's been the same thing all year. Elson Jeffrey is not 100%. Guys are double-teaming Zach Gertz, looking for Dallas Goddard. If Jordan Howard is not there, like Miles Sanders had an opportunity to to run between the tackles. It's just 
didn't seem like that that's his doesn't seem like really that's his game like Jordan Howard has done a great job in doing that I just don't know where the offense is going to come from Philadelphia is getting some guys back defensively they looked really good against Tom Brady and the Patriots you know see what you want about Ronald Darby and Jalen Mills but a significant upgrade from what they were rolling out in the first few weeks of the season but this is a different beast with Russell Wilson and how elusive he is and how he can extend plays and even Chris Carson going up against a strong run defense in Philadelphia he's gone up against strong run defenses so far this season he still seems to do the same stuff touch the ball 20 times flirt with 100 yards I don't have a lot of confidence in this Philadelphia team offensively and I think as we get news that maybe Elshon Jeffrey and Lane Johnson or Jordan Howard is sidelined this is going to go the other way and I think Seattle may even be favored by a point or two by the time kickoff comes I know Philadelphia is is playing for their lives they need this win uh, but I just think Seattle is the better football team and there's just too many question marks that I have for Carson Wentz in this Eagles squad I mean 50% completion rate last last week for for Carson Wentz Part of that on the weapons, the lack thereof, but he he was missing guys too. He does not look comfortable in the pocket, and Lane Johnson not playing, and I don't know, again, check back on Friday, but if he doesn't play, it's awful news for the offensive line of Philadelphia. I feel pretty confident with Seattle winning this football game. Lane Johnson's the big one. If you could have one of those three guys back, uh, Lane Johnson, him. Jordan Howard, or Elshon Jeffrey, yeah, I think it's definitely Lane Johnson, the one that you want playing in this one if you are the Eagles, if you are an Eagles backer. Uh, everything you say, uh, I'm totally on board with, and uh, that's why I lean in Seattle's uh, direction. Uh, when when the um, when the line is this small, I'm almost always going to just feel comfortable backing the team I think has the better quarterback, and I don't think there's any question about who that is in this game. Um, but you know, we've seen Seattle's defense be beatable this season, and you, as you said, uh, you know this this Philadelphia offense did come out looking uh, the best it's looked um, in a long time before Lane Johnson went down with the injury. If they do get him back, and you know, obviously, it's uh, looking a little sketchy at this point. And then, um, then, you know, I think that I could see them being able to get after a Seattle defense that, uh, again, is beatable. Um, are they going to slow down Russell Wilson? I'm not so sure about that. But, uh, again, uh, it's just another one of those things that we just talked about with, uh, you know, Detroit and Washington on a higher level with the uh, quality of these teams. It's just you don't have to bet every game. And uh, I just don't right. have a great feel on this one as much as I do like Seattle uh, it does sound like Tyler Lockett is going to be able to go but uh, that's something we're going to have to keep an eye on over the next couple of days too obviously he had that very scary injury injury that landed him in the hospital uh, the last time we saw Seattle a couple of weeks ago before their bye all signs point to him being able to play but that's an offense that loses a whole lot if Tyler Lockett is unable to play so I just look at it right now. It's not a game I feel comfortable with either side at this point. Uh, we'll see what happens over the next couple of days with Lane Johnson and and <clears throat> excuse me and Alshon and Jordan Howard and Tyler Lockett and you know maybe uh, things happen that uh, solidifies one side or the other. But uh, for the time being, this is one I'm going to stay away from pretty easily. Yeah, this is a game definitely will break down a little bit more on Friday as we as we hear more news um, with some of these guys who are questionable to play this weekend. Let's move over to this, the Sunday late games. Only two. Only two late afternoon games, Jacksonville mm-hmm. and Tennessee. Uh, nothing's changed here. The Titans open up three-point favorites and over-under at 41. It, and is stuck the same three and 41. Again, this is there's something about this division. Honestly, I'll be whether it's the Colts. Every time I seem to step away from them and doubt them, they they win football games. The Titans, I never get a strong feel on. Jacksonville last week thought that they were able to come, you know, come out of that bye and and really compete with Indy, and and they did not. So I'm I'm not going to back either of these teams. I'm going to pick it in my pool because I have to. And I'll probably lean Tennessee, but I'm not sold on that yet either. Uh, do you have a feel on this game? Absolutely no. Um, <laughs> just there's, this is another like that's what that's why so many of uh, 
I was able to come to so many of my picks pretty easily this week because I had a few like firm stayaways. This being one of them. Um, yeah, the, the the minus three for Tennessee is minus one twenty. If you want to uh, read into that, um, that uh, that maybe the minus three uh, feels a little good, too good to the odds makers, but they couldn't quite get uh, themselves up to uh, minus four for Tennessee. Um, the reason, my, my big reason here why I'm staying away from it is I feel like Jacksonville should be able to handle this. The first time these two teams met, they, they did shut down, uh, Derek Henry. Um, that that's game, all you need course, to do. Shut down Henry and you win the exactly. football game. That's what you got to do. And that, and they were able to do it the first time they met just cause they did it once. Doesn't mean they'll be able to do it twice. And that game was in Jacksonville. Uh, but it does concern me because this is a team that has, you know, one reliable element in its offense. That being Derek Henry, it does sound like they're going to get Delaney Walker back, but I mean, did they really lose much going from Delaney Walker to Johnny Smith? Like, I'm not sure that that is a, a, a substantive upgrade getting Delaney Walker back in this offense. And he got a week to knock the rust off of Nick Foles. So uh, I was I was concerned enough with what I saw from Jacksonville last week to not have a ton of confidence in them, but I'm never going to have a ton of confidence in Tennessee staying away from this one. Yeah, just looking at even the game, the last time that they played when they played KC, and, and you know, they were able to score 35 points. I think one was it a, um, a fumble return for a touchdown. Henry had a solid day, but just looking at some other guys in, in the passing game, like A.J. Brown, one catch for 17 yards. Corey Davis didn't play. Adam Humphreys, one catch for 23 yards. It came at the very end when he won the football game. Tajay Sharp, um, one catch for 20 yards. It, you know who led the team in receiving yards, the wide receivers? Khalif Raymond, and he had <laughs> one catch for 50 yards. It's yeah. just where is the offense going to come from? If it's not Henry, who is going to step up? Brian Tannehill has done a great job, um, very – Impressed with him, and I haven't seen him in a couple of years. At least when I put him and Marcus Mariota side by side and watch the film, like I'm, I'm obviously going to be impressed with Tannehill um, as opposed to, to Marcus Mariota. But yeah, I guess in Jacksonville, both defenses pretty similar. Um, I mean, we just lean with with the better weapons in in Jacksonville and Nick Foles. But a clear stay away for me. This game's interesting. The, the Patriots and the Cowboys. This is this is must watch TV for sure. New England open up seven point favorites and over under at forty seven. It's come down to forty five and a half and six and a half right now for New England. Uh, Dak Prescott leads the league in passing yards. He has been phenomenal so far this season. Neither of us really sold on New England, beating up on mediocre teams. Cool, great. Defense has been solid. How solid? And, you know, we'll get a true test. This is going to be a true test, I think, for for the Pats. Even at home, I feel like they could lose this football game, Ballard. Easiest pick of the week for me. Most confident pick, maybe, is the better way to say it. My most confident pick of the week right here. Give me the Cowboys plus six and a half without question. I locked this one in right away. I will be picking the Cowboys to win this game. Uh, this is, I think, going to be a wake-up call for the Patriots and people who are backing the Patriots. Um, you can't you can't luck your way into going nine and one. Like I feel like an idiot even saying that out loud. But I mean, come on, who have they beaten? Who have they who have they defeated this season? Pittsburgh in and week they one? really probably should have lost last week. I mean, the only right. touch. Brady struggled, and it was Julian Edelman who threw the touchdown pass. Yeah, they beat a lame-ass Philadelphia team last week. They got rolled by Baltimore a few weeks ago. I mean, just absolutely dominated by the Ravens. The best team that they've played this season had zero problem beating. I mean, zero. No problem whatsoever. That was a two-score game in the blink of an eye and was never close, and that is by far the best team that New England has played 
this season. I think Dallas is the second best team that New England has played this season, and I don't think they're going to have any answer for this team. I mean, you're you're not going to shut them down. This isn't Buffalo. This isn't Miami. Right. You know, this isn't Washington. This isn't the Jets. These are teams that they've played and beat. They, they beat. This isn't the Jets. You know, th- this is a team that you're going to actually have to step up and slow down. They're not going to slow themselves down for you like some of the other teams that New England has defeated this season, and I just don't see it. Uh, just like they didn't, they weren't able to do it against Baltimore. And you know, Dak Prescott and Lamar Jackson have very different styles of play, but Dak does have that mobility uh, that uh, you know, not quite the same way. Not the, uh, it, it's more functional mobility, right? It's more get myself away from pressure to see what I'm doing, not uh, sort of designed runs like you're going to see from Lamar Jackson. Uh, but we also saw Lamar Jackson hit some big plays in the passing game uh, in that one where the Ravens were able to take care of business against uh, against the Patriots. I think you're going to be able to see a lot of the same attack from Dallas and from, from Dak Prescott. I think Randall Cobb is a big matchup problem for New England because of what he's brought to the table the last few weeks. And I don't think you've got anyone uh, as your third corner in New England who can slow down Randall Cobb. I think we're going to to see a big game out of Randall Cobb in this one. I think Ezekiel Elliott is going to be a huge problem for New England, and New England has not shown us one thing this season that says we can keep up offensively with the team that we need to keep up with. And I, they're going to need to keep up with Dallas, and I just don't think they can do it. Not only do I love the six and a half, I love the money line. I think Dallas wins this game. Yeah. <sighs> You bring up really good points. It, it just seems like they're just getting the respect because they're at home and then the Patriots. I mean, you've been watching this team all year. There's there's a lot of question marks, and I feel you on Randall Cobb. This is somebody I've been starting lately in in a past couple of weeks over in a few of my leagues, and he comes in with 16 grabs in his last three games. He's found the end zone in back-to-back games. He's hit the century mark as well in each of those football games, the the last two. So sneaky little play there, Randall Cobb, widely available. Um, in in fantasy leagues as well. Okay, let's move over. Wait, to wait, really quick. Football. Remember when Nick? Remember when Nick yep. Chubb ran all over this team too? I mean, does yes. if, if if Cleveland doesn't give them those two touchdowns, those two defensive scores early in that game, does Cleveland maybe beat New England? I mean, they just gave them four. They spotted them fourteen right off right. the bat. I mean, they have they have no. There's a there's a great chance that there is not one win of a, over a playoff team on this on this schedule right now, right? I mean, yeah. that, you know, yeah. Cleveland? Ab- absolutely. Philly? Yeah, doesn't mean it, they beat Philly. It doesn't look like Philly. I mean, Philly oh, I loses guess, this I, week. They beat, not they beat Buffalo team. in Buffalo 7-3, and three, but then you can play the tra- <laughs> you can go transit Buffalo property beat? there. And who's Buffalo? I mean, Dallas the second best team easily that this team has played. The only other, like, really, I think, you know, quality offense that they've played other than Baltimore. I mean, I just don't think they stopped Dallas's offense. Bottom line. Right. Yeah, and when we were talking about um, Denver and Buffalo and very similar teams, you know, one seven three, one three and seven. I mean, I you could flip those records because Denver's mm-hmm. been in a they were in a lot of close football games early on where where they lost, and even last week in in the brutal second half. But yeah, I'm not I'm not sold on the Pats beating yeah. the Bills. That's I'm for so, sure. I'm sorry, I mean, I got to say one more thing. I know we got to move on to two more games and wrap this thing up, but I just got to say one more thing. Versus Dallas at Houston versus Kansas City, New England's next three games. I wouldn't be surprised if by the middle of December we're singing a slightly different tune about the Patriots than we are right now. Yeah, again, I don't think that they're the team to beat. I I thought a few weeks ago... Even beating mediocre teams is okay. New England, they're going to get that home game. They still, pro- they still will get that home game. But there's just so many question marks with this offense right now that that I have, and you're you're dead on. Like Dallas is going to score points. Mm-hmm. So the impartial football fan totals. in me wants uh, wants New England to lose a few games so we can get 
the Ravens and Chiefs away from one another and make that the uh, AFC yeah. Championship game. Because I would that, yeah. I would hate to see them be the two and three seeds and have to play each right. other in the uh, divisional round That'd of the AFC playoffs. Yeah, that would be a bummer. But a team apply total right now of 19.5 for Dallas, even in New England. And even with Stephon Gilmore against Murray Cooper, it does seem like I feel like Dallas will get to that 20. I, and I don't know mm-hmm. if the Patriots are, are going to flirt with 30 points. So interesting game. Uh, feel you on that one. If you if you are feeling feeling Dallas, again, another one that you can tease not to lose by 10. But I, I like the money line, money line call by you for sure. So as we head into Sunday night football, we got another one. I think originally it was Eagles and, and um, Seahawks as Sunday yeah, night football, was. and it was it was switched. So um, this is definitely going to be um, a very entertaining football game to watch. Not hating the switch at all. San Fran opening up at with four point favorites, they're now three and a half point favorites. The total has jumped a little bit. It went from forty four to forty seven and a half. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, um, he got it done last week. He he really did. I got to give him a, a lot of credit towards the end of that game coming back. And it looked like Arizona was just going to blow out San Fran. Beller, <laughs> like we're easily going to get Our this, boys. no problem. Yeah, for sure. Um, how do you feel about this one though? Three and a half, San Fran. I don't think either of us or anybody listening right now at home would be shocked if Aaron Rodgers just got it done and, and won the football game. Um, but three and a half, I'm a little hesitant to to side with the 49ers here. I, I kind of lean in Green Bay right now, but this is a stay away. I just want to watch these two teams play. Yeah, the uh, battle for uh, in the inside track for home field advantage in the NFC yes, side of the brackets right. on the NFC side, uh, the playoffs here, right? Uh, both teams would be 9 This is two where the schedule Bay. gets tougher for San Fran. It is, it is. Um this is a, a stay away from me for the same reason that Houston and Baltimore was last week, uh, pure and simple. Uh, just two teams that I respect a lot, two teams I think are very good, two teams I would not be surprised to see playing for the Super Bowl uh, six weeks or so from now, whatever it might, ten weeks or so from now, um, you know, whatever that exact number is. Uh, but uh, I, I just think that these are two two very good teams. I think the line is totally fair, right? Uh, basically making this a pick em on a on a, uh, on a neutral field, making either yeah. team a field goal favorite. At home, the the, plus, the minus three and a half is plus one hundred for the Forty ers So, you know, on the uh, on the money line, we're basically calling this almost a, a three point line. So, I do think that this is a fair line, and just uh, again, just for the same reason, I didn't want to bet Baltimore or Houston because uh, I could just see it going in a million different ways, none of which I was confident in coming to fruition. Uh, same thing goes here. Could Aaron Rodgers absolutely dominate this game? Of course he can. He's Aaron Rodgers. Could San Francisco's defense, yeah. you know, show up um, and uh, and uh, control the game the way that they have against some good teams uh, previously this season? Of course they could. We've seen it from them time and time again on the year. Just too many things uh, that are too many strengths uh, for both sides that I don't really feel comfortable backing one another. The most interesting thing that I am uh, in in this game is. Uh, is does Matt LaFleur roll out anything different than what we've seen, right? Green Bay is coming off the bye, so they've had two weeks to prepare for this. Obviously, Matt LaFleur, Kyle Shanahan, Robert Saleh, they know each other very, very well, Uh, good friends, uh, guys who have worked together on staffs before. So I wouldn't be surprised to see Matt LaFleur come out with a a wrinkle or two that we haven't quite seen from Green Bay. And and what does that mean? It's another unknown in this game. So I I am very excited as a football fan uh, for this game, but as a better it's just not one I really want to get involved with one way or the other. Yeah, my my one issue, I guess, that I have with the Packers, and I'm sure they're, they're game planning for this, is the pressure that San Fran is able to dial up. I mean, they, they lead the NFL in, in sacks with 39. They can get after the quarterback. We all know that. And w- watching that Packers and Chargers game a couple weeks ago, when it was obviously a little bit of a surprise, not to, to us, but to, certainly to Vegas, was – 
the line of scrimmage was dominated by the Chargers in that game. They they really got after Aaron Rodgers. They got some pressure on him, and they they had some issues running the football. So uh, I think Aaron Rodgers is, and he knows this. I'm sure he's going to be in tough and and looking at the. I mean, these sack totals four, five, seven, three, four. I mean, every single week, these guys are just getting after the quarterback. So uh, very interesting. It's a very interesting game. I think honestly, right now I'm leading Packers. Uh, just because it's three and a half, um, I feel mm-hmm. like it could be a field goal game. Yep. All right, Monday I, I, night. I'm totally with you. Yeah. Um, Ravens, Rams, Baltimore opening up at one-point favorites. They're now three-point favorites. The The total has dropped from 49 to 46 and a half. I think we're on the same page here with Baltimore. We've, just, we've been so impressed with this Ravens team and ever since they made the trade for Marcus Peters and Jimmy Smith getting back. They just, again, I, I said it earlier, they just seem to play with so much swag and so much confidence. They really are feeling each other right now and obviously what they're able to do offensively. I just don't know if the Rams will, will have an answer for them. And it does look like Brandon Cooks is going to come back. Sure, that's probably going to help, um, you know, potentially because Cooper Cup has been shut out. It's been easy for teams to shut out Cooper Cup over the past couple weeks, uh, you know, last week with no Robert Woods and Gerald Everett banged up. Again, it was, it was another quiet game from Cooper Cup. So you get Brennan Cooks there. Maybe, you know, it, it's obviously going to have to, you're going to have some attention on on uh, Brennan Cooks. But this is, I just fear for Jared Goff. He just does, has not <laughs> looked good. And I, I think it was 40 minutes in that football game. Jared Goff threw the ball seven times. And clearly, Sean McVay is not comfortable with Jared Goff dropping back. I mean, that was a game where Todd Gurley finally got a heavy workload. And as bad as the offensive line has been, I mean, Gurley did look pretty good in that game. I just, this is a Ravens team that they've done it all year. They've taken away the opposing team's best player pretty easily. And nobody can stop Lamar Jackson right now, man. Yeah, I, I want to say that our don't overthink it picks have been very good this season. Um, I haven't been tracking them, but I know last week the Chiefs were a don't overthink it pick. Um, the the Packers against the, the Raiders have been over plenty yeah, of times, the right? That they've, those have been ones that uh, that uh, stand out to me in the past. And this is another don't overthink it pick. The Ravens are clearly the better team here. Los Angeles has not been able to do anything against the pass or uh, in themselves throwing the ball. Their passing offense, the Rams, has not been able to do anything this season. I'm not sure how much Brandon Cooks changes that equation. Um, Baltimore's pass D has been excellent over the last few, pretty much ever since they got Marcus Peters, right? Because now you're talking about three big rangy yeah. corners with Marcus Peters, Marlon Humphrey, and Jimmy Smith. They've been totally able to shut down opposing passing games. That's helped the the, the pass rush start to get home. Uh, Jared Cook or uh, Jared Goff, excuse me. Uh, I think one of our worst quarterbacks in the league when it comes to dealing with pressure. Jared Goff, when everything yeah. is beautiful, when everything is pristine, when he's got all of his weapons at full strength available to him, then he's fine. But when you take one thing away, we saw it last year. You take Cooper, Cooper Cup away, boom, that passing offense shuts down. You take Brandon Cooks away, you take the vertical element out of it, boom, that passing offense shuts down. And if you add pressure into the equation, that passing panic, offense panic, really panic. shuts down. I do think that the Rams, the athleticism of the Rams front seven that all centers around uh, Aaron Donald does present a unique challenge that Baltimore really hasn't seen yet this season. I'll be interested to see how they handle it, but nothing they've shown us this year suggests that they won't be able to handle it. Give me Lamar Jackson and the Ravens uh, just easily the better team, and all they got to do is win this game by more than a field goal. Yeah, I feel very confident in them being able to do it. So, yes, the Rams are, excuse me, the Ravens are and will be in my seven. Yeah, I just think they do it alone on defense. And, and you're right about Jared Goff. I mean, he's just 
again, Cook's coming back will help him. Who knows about Robert Woods? We just don't know. It was a personal matter that he's, he dealt with why he missed uh, last week's football game. But Goff just does not look good um, when some of his guys are missing from from his football team. Uh, three picks and zero touchdowns over the last two weeks against Pittsburgh and Chicago. Two good defenses, but also a Baltimore, a really good defense. They get it done. Uh, the Ravens just on their defense alone. All right, a few survivor plays if you're still hanging around. Um, anyone st- stand out to you? I guess Browns. I don't know if anyone's been able to pick Cleveland all year against Miami. Would you roll the dice on the Browns? Yeah, that's the one, right? Uh, if you're still surviving in Week 12, you've probably used the Saints. Uh, if they were available, that would be my first play. But uh, Browns, got to believe that a lot of people have them available. They would be uh, my next group. Um, you know, Just trying to think about uh, teams that people realistically have available. Maybe I would back, uh, back uh, Detroit. Right, just Ooh, uh, risky, right? Yeah. A couple of risky plays, yeah, but, but if this is time where you have to 12, do it. Right? I'm sure you have to yeah. be making some risky Detroit, plays. Detroit, Pittsburgh, yeah, the Pittsburgh, Bears. These yeah, are teams the Bears, you don't like, want to pick, but yeah. it's possible. And no yeah. one, very few people are excited about their Week 12 survivor pick. <laughs> right? I mean, that's just the truth. So those are yeah. some teams that I would that I would go with. If I had like, talking about realistic teams that people might have. If I have the Browns, that's the play that I would make this week. All right, fair enough. All right, let's round out the show with our seven. Uh, I'll go first. So, da- again, a, a lot here kind of similar. We'll check back on Friday. You and copied we'll me. I put these in first. <laughs> well, Ballard's <laughs> been like five right every single week. I got to get, get after him. So, uh, Dallas, uh, New Orleans, Houston, the Giants, Baltimore, Seattle, and I do. Again, I always have one let's get nuts pick. Maybe that's why I come in here and I'm like all over myself with uh, 500 <laughs> weeks. But um, Cincinnati is in there, and we'll see if I stick with it on Friday. I, mean, I have, I honestly have a feeling that line's going to turn to like four and a half, five and a half, or six, and, and that that's exactly where when I'll jump off of it. But right, right now, I am locking in Cincinnati. Uh, who you rocking? I like it, man. I like it. We've got five the same. Um, I also have Dallas. New Orleans, Houston. I guess we're, we're locking in Houston, right? We're both saying Houston is a pick. Yes, we're locking in Houston. We're locking in Houston. Um, I also have I the Giants, and I also game. have Baltimore. Um, I'm not going to change Dallas, New Orleans, or Baltimore. Those are for sure going to be solid picks for me, even by Friday. Uh, the Giants might end up being in there as well, but I could see the Giants coming in. So I've definitely got four that I'm. we know we're locking in Houston. I'm definitely not going to be changing Dallas, New Orleans, or Baltimore. I also have the Giants with you, the two that I uh, have differently from you. I'm liking Tampa Bay right now, and I am liking the Denver Broncos to stay close to the uh, Buffalo Bills. We'll check back on those on Friday, but uh, those are my seven for now, and I'm feeling pretty good about it. You want to listen to Friday's show, and we want you guys uh, to listen. We want you to be a part of the show, theathletic.com slash best on the board. We'll give you 40% off. You'll be able to listen to Friday's show. And, again, we'll talk about some line movement. We'll talk about who the public's backing, and we'll lock in those seven picks for sure. So always a pleasure, Beller, talking some football. Hopefully we come in here Friday, and we are off to 1-0 starts with Houston getting the job done against the Colts. Thanks so much for taking the time to hang out. Hopefully we... We, uh, we have you guys with us on Friday. You can follow Michael on Twitter at Ambeller, myself at Chris Meany. Enjoy the football game on Thursday. We'll talk to you on Friday. Cheers. Cheers.